You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. I'm on size and festival tour. R.I.R. badges in their protest wall. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Free Speech. We're here at Stand Up New York Labs in the Upper West Side. Uh, our guest today is Lisa de Pasquale. Am I saying that right? Okay. It looks like Lisa de Pascal on the internet. But that's because we're. Don't can't believe talk. everything you see on the internet. Okay, so that's a great point. We meet you in person and we learn it's de Pasquale. Yes. Got it right. Twice. It means of Easter in Italian. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. And that's the good one. That's when he came back as a bunny and handed out chocolates. Exactly. That's inspiring. That's why I like to talk about that part. Why do you have nooses for earrings? Are you racist? <laughs> I wore them because I was coming here and I wanted to fit in. <laughs> With the other racists. <laughs> um, Lisa's a political consultant. I'm going to stop talking to the camera now. Lisa's a political consultant. No, it's weird to talk to you about you. Lisa's a political consultant and a columnist at Breitbart.com. But uh, one of the, the reasons I wanted to get her on the show here is she ran CPAC... For how many years? Five years. Five years. Kicked ass doing it. Mm -hmm. And that didn't end great. No, it didn't. And that's why you're on the show, <laughs> Free Speech. Yes. Why don't you just explain to the kids at home, because I don't think any conservatives listen to this show, <laughs> uh, what CPAC is. Uh, CPAC stands for the Conservative Political Action Conference. And it's a gathering of about 10,000 students, old people, Attend, you know, various attendees, speakers, um, you know, generally it's like a cattle call of all the presidential folk, all the Republican presidential folks. It's like the David Horowitz thing. What does he call that? Freedom Weekend or whatever? Restoration Weekend. Restoration Weekend. Yeah. Except for CPAC is in D.C. Restoration Weekend is in Palm Beach. Right. I would obviously rather run Restoration Weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same. You see the same characters around. You see Ann Coulter yeah. and Robert Spencer. Spencer. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Robert, I mean, it's funny you mentioned those two because those two were not invited to see back this year. Oh, really? It was actually the first time in like at least 15 years that they didn't invite Ann Coulter, which was a shock to me because I love Ann. Yeah. Um, Spencer, not as much as a shock because they have a little bit of a history. Um, but yeah, it, but, but it's basically the same people that you see. But the great thing about CPAC has always been um, that more than half of the attendees are college students. So, I mean, yeah, you get like a lot of dorky kids, but it's really nice for the older people and for the media to see all these young people when they expect, you know, just a bunch of oldsters. Well, I think the oldsters, and I did a talk at Restoration Weekend with James O'Keefe and Sonny Johnson, and my whole thing was, I don't care how you feel about it, let's drop the gays and drop the drugs. It's the only way young people are going to come on board and we're you are all going to be dead soon because <laughs> they were in their 70s. Yeah. And they seem totally open to it. Yeah, I mean, that's largely what I found when I was at CPAC. There was like a whole controversy with allowing GoProud, which is a conservative. Oh, now slow down. This uh, is the, <laughs> we're getting right to the gossip. We're building up. This is why I wanted you here. <laughs> okay. So one more time, nice and slow. So GoProud is, Go a, Proud. it used to be an organization of conservative and libertarian gays and their allies. Um, and it actually sort of folded a, a year or two ago. I think, well, a year ago. Okay. And um, f beginning in 2010, they were a co-sponsor. We had about 150 co-sponsors and exhibitors. So it's not, you know, some, you know, really tight-knit 
group of people. You know, obviously we've had ACL. The, the sponsors aren't tight. The spo- yeah, the sponsors. Yeah, I mean, they're all had, over the map. It's like reading a magazine. Yeah, we've had ACLU. We've had um, log cabin Republicans in the past. Um, you know, not every group agrees with one another, and that's the great thing is that you get to hear all these perspectives. And my and these, sort of view. Sorry to keep interrupting. Sure. So these people throw in like five hundred thousand bucks to have a banner up. There. Um, I think, well, like a booth at that point would be like 1500 and then up to a, a co-sponsor would be like 5000 And where so were, were these guys on that scale? They were the 5000 the they co-sponsor. Were the, they were big, okay. Yeah. But well, one, I mean, but not, one of many not big the biggest. Ones. Yeah, they're big, a lot bigger. Right, like right, people right. like NRA and obviously American Conservative Union that, you know, hosts it. Um, so they were there in 2010 and there was a little bit of, you know, hubbub about allowing them, but ultimately... Um, you know, they were there. And then in 2011, it became even bigger. And what happened was, is there was, you know, two or three board members that were sort of actively against allowing a gay group to be at CPAC, a gay conservative group to be at CPAC. And I always joke that it was sort of, it's sort of like a Batman movie when you have the board actively working against the organization or against the company, because they were going out telling people, don't be sponsors of CPAC. You know, they were trying to hurt our bottom line. That's amazing. To keep people out. This is something you always hear about on the left mm-hmm. with the social justice warriors trying to shut you down. Yeah. And now we have conservatives doing it because they don't like gays. Yeah. And so um, they ended up having another board vote and Go Proud was ultimately allowed to attend. And they made a big deal about, oh, well, there are all these groups boycotting CPAC. When in actuality, the number of um, boycotters or the the, boy, the people that were signed on to like we're boycotting had never been involved anyway. It was ah. just people trying to get their small little, you know, we defend marriage organization, you know, in the news. Right. Yeah. This happens all the time. They say, they say that this, you know, these these here's a list of people that are no longer going there, and you realize when you check the list that it, this is all fake. Yeah. And so ultimately. Um, as it happened every single year that I was there, you know, not to brag, but I made more money than I had the previous year. Every single year you made more, more money. More money, more people, more sponsors. It is and growing. And then in, in April of 2011, no more Lisa. Um, I knew... See, um, I'm just fascinated by this, probably because <laughs> I've been through it about 30 times. Yeah. But who, let's, let's name names. Who were these people that were sabotaging this CPAC? Who were the ones who were saying, we need to take apart this conference unless they get rid of go proud cleta mitchell um who was on the acu board she's no longer on the board um she was sort of the ringleader um and And what's her beef well i mean i i guess i don't it's okay to say what it is because if you google her name you'll find it and that was that her first husband was gay and left her for a man Ah. um and you know i'm not outing anyone that's in the news um he's no longer alive um how about the logic here no. The problem with that guy was that he, he felt like he had to marry a woman. Yeah, he wasn't proud to be gay. Mm-hmm. So go if under Go Proud's rule, if they were the <laughs> the monarchy, he never would have married her because he'd have a fucking boyfriend. Yeah, well, you know what? That's what Andrew Breitbart used to always say because he has, I, or you know, he has I think four daughters, right? And he would always say, you know, I'm for Go Proud because he was on the Go Proud board advisory board for a little while. Um, you know, he's like, I don't want my d- daughter to be like someone's beard. 
So, <laughs> and actually in 2011, when the last year that GoProb was allowed, we had this big gay party sponsored by Breitbart himself. And um, we had Sophie B. Hawkins there. Unfortunately, I was running the conference, so I wasn't allowed to actually attend. Um, and it was a great party. And Cleta like, tried to get the party stopped. But, I mean, it had nothing to do with CPAC. Cleta's that same chick. Yeah. So is she, her beef isn't just gay marriage. It's just homosexuality. I think, I mean, you know, I think a lot of people on the right with the social groups, some of them try and act like it's marriage. And, you know, it sort of showed to me that it has nothing to do with that because GoProud had no stance on marriage during the time they were allowed. Now, when in, in 2012, when I was no longer there and they weren't going to be allowed, then they were like, you know, F it, we're going to come out in favor of gay marriage. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, even while we're there, they weren't pushing to have, like, a marriage panel or pushing, you know, CPAC or attendees to even talk about gay marriage. They were just there to say, hey, we're conservatives, too. We want to make other gay conservatives feel good about being part of the movement. So they didn't have, like, a big marriage banner on their booth. No. Marriage wasn't a big part of their pitch. No. I mean, they had, like, a list of 10 principles, and, you know, it was, like... You like if you just handed it to someone, you wouldn't know the difference between that and the Heritage Foundation. Oh, really? You really wouldn't. Amazing. You know, it's so often with these things, it's never about what it's about. Yeah. As John Derbyshire once said, like when we were punk rock kids, we would be fighting these Nazi skinheads. So on paper, it's uh, you know uh, uh, freedom fighters Mm -hmm. battling fascists in the name of equality for visible minorities, women, Jews, blah blah blah. That's what it looks like. It wasn't that at all. It was poor kids who grew up without dads and, you know, got beaten by stepdads were the Nazi skinheads. And we were the rich kids, middle class kids who were pussies <laughs> and, you know, would go and fight and lose. And it was just it was like breaking away with the cutters and or the, you know, in so in Boston with the Soches or whatever the hell mm-hmm. they're called, you know, or in Animal House with Delta House and the, the rich kids. And in this case. It's purporting to be about gay marriage. It's purporting even to be about homosexuality, but it's just some bitch out for revenge. Well, in some ways, it's also not even about that because I think that there are a certain number of groups on the conservative movement that don't want to expand the party or the movement. They want to keep it small and controlled. And, you know, whenever I was let go, one of the things that, you know, was told to me was they want to go back to having a smaller conference with less groups, which is what they have Why? now. Because they want it to be more controlled. They don't want it to be something where every group it was It should equal. fill Madison Square Garden. Yeah, exactly. And see, I, when, before I was at CPAC, I was at another conservative group. And one of the great things about CPAC was, was, we, was we were like kind of a small conservative group. And so whenever we went to CPAC, it was like we were all equal. Like no one knew that we didn't have a huge, you know, skyscraper building like the Heritage Foundation or um, Young America's Foundation or or whatever. Um, we were all sort of equal and on an equal playing field. And that's what to me that was what helped me sell so many sponsorships. Is I could say, you know, no one has to know that you have a PO box as your group. You're there as an equal with every other group, and you can be as big as you want to be. And they don't want that. They want to have it small and controlled because for some people, being in the minority is what makes them money. Oh, that's Being the vocal minority. Yeah. It, I keep going back to the Palestinians who, if the Arab world really cared about them, they'd have Qatar 
and UAE uh, buy them each a Lamborghini (laughs) (laughs) and a mansion. But uh, their whole brand is conflict. They need there to always Mm -hmm. be a fight. Yeah. And maybe these guys always have to be the old fuddy-duddies. Maybe they don't want... Because what I've learned after coming over to the dark side around 9-11 is there's the whole non-liberal world is so vast mm-hmm. and a lot of these groups hate each other mm-hmm. like liberty even amongst libertarians you have the libertarians who are totally open borders and the libertarians who say no 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 milton friedman said until it's uh, a burden on the social security until it's a, a welfare problem mm-hmm. and that and we're there so no more open borders yeah, I mean, everyone loves to fight, and that's was part of what CPAC success was, is yeah. allowing everybody to get there and fight and do whatever they want. Um, and because we weren't saying, like, this is what it means to be a conservative. And if yeah. you're not this, then get out. Half the time I'm with Ann Coulter, it, she's insulting me. <laughs> like, she'll but go, you like you're it. an idiot. You want, <laughs> you want to legalize drugs, you fucking moron. <laughs> and that's pleasant. Mm-hmm. You know, you get smarter that way. Yeah, well, and, you know, Ann told me after I was fired that, you know, being banned from CPAC is actually a pretty cool club because both of us have now been banned from CPAC. (laughs) So she was banned or just not invited back? Well, she was banned one year because she said faggot. And oh yeah, she, or she, you know, in a, in a joke, in a funny way, it was a good joke. Yeah. That's by the way, that's and, the thing people always do. They always go, "Look, I'm not offended. I just don't think it was funny. It was funny." Well, the, also the thing is, is it was such people didn't know the backstory of the joke, right? And I honestly, especially that audience, I think it was a guy from Grey's Anatomy, an actor. Yeah, um, and he had called an, a gay actor on the show a faggot, mm-hmm. and he went to rehab. Like they sent him to rehab as <laughs> punishment. Oh, no, swear rehab. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I, I think he was sober at the time, but um, so she was at CPAC, and I think she said something about John Edwards, and she said I call him a faggot, but then I'd be sent to rehab. Yeah, 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 or it was something like yeah, uh, I I can think of one more to describe him, but you're not allowed to say faggot anymore, or something like that. Uh, yeah. Now you tell me. <laughs> uh, Okay, and then she wasn't invited back this past year. Yeah, this year I don't know what it was. Um, I mean, I know that she wanted to be there because, you know, it's a good opportunity to sign books, sell books. I mean, I even, in 2014 when my book came out, I went to CPAC and sold my book, which I thought was awesome because it was an anti-CPAC book, and I sold out. Oh, really? Yeah. This is uh, <laughs> referring to her book, Finding Mr. Righteous. Yeah, which that's is, pretty subtle, huh? <laughs> which is a book that I could not open because it looked like chiclet. It's so much more. But a man can't. I don't think men should read fiction. It's not fiction. Okay. It's all. It's all the like everything that I've been telling you about CPAC. It's all that backstory. Oh, so it's not about um, relationships. It's got some relationships, but it's more about the behind the scenes of the conservative movement, and also how the entire time I was running CPAC, I was an atheist, and now I'm a Christian. And hmm. sort of getting from that one point to another. Well, then don't call it Finding Mr. Righteous. I think of a Sex in the City when I hear that. <laughs> I think of a conservative Sex in the City. Oh, that was sort of the backbone of it. And then the meat yeah. was yeah, all it's this like gossip. So- someone had described it as this town meets Bridget Jones. Okay. So. Got it. Bridget Jones. Yeah, I mean, it's not me necessarily a, a dude book. No. But, you know, every dude should buy one for a girl. 
Okay. And every girl should buy one for herself. Let's let's focus here on mm-hmm. this firing. So a fake boycott happens that involves people who never come anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, half a dozen people genuinely were mad about GoProud. But hadn't GoProud been coming to previous ones with no problems whatsoever? Well, when they were part of Log Cabin Republicans, they had attended. Um, and they actually, two of the guys, Chris Barron and Jimmy LaSalvia, um, split from Log Cabin because they thought Log Cabin was too moderate. And so they started the more How, conservative GoProud. So when, you, when you're gay and conservative, I don't know what too moderate means. Um, well, like they didn't like... I. You know, I think there were instances when they didn't endorse the Republican presidential candidate, like that sort of thing. Like they thought, well, you can't really purport to be part of the Republican or conservative movement if you don't even want to endorse. Okay, so they weren't Republican enough. Yeah. So not right wing enough. Yeah. So go proud is more right wing than log cabin Republicans. Yes. When they started. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. And, but they're both pro-gay marriage. Well, GoProud doesn't exist anymore, but whenever, but GoProud did eventually come out for gay marriage. Uh, the other thing was that um, I think that, you know, and I don't want to speak too much for them. And I should mention Jimmy LaSalvia, one of the, the founders, actually has a book coming out in September that has all of this history. But, um, you know, another reason was they thought that um, Log Cabin wasn't fo- focusing enough on just issues. It was always you know, criticizing, well, these Republicans aren't open to us. Let's instead talk, let's try to get more, you know, gays to be part of the movement by showing them, you know, here's how the conservative movement or conservative principles, you know, can apply to you. Um, Like in one case, I mean, the median income for the average gay is much higher than the average, you know. Oh, yeah, it must be. um, Straight person. They they would want smaller government because they pay more tax than anyone else. But they're so, but... That's the problem is the social conservatives so define the conservative movement in the eyes of lots of gays that they can't get past that. And part of me, I can't blame them. But on the other hand, now that I know how small of a minority these people are and that attendees of CPAC, including the oldsters, did not care whether GoProud was there or not. We mostly heard from people on the board who wanted to control it because what happened was they were going to like cocktail parties of their social conservative groups and people were saying hey why can't you get rid of go proud and they didn't want to say because i don't have the power to get rid of go proud so instead they made it like their mission to get rid of go proud so wait a minute this is the cpac group yeah so (laughs) they may have just canned you because it was embarrassing to admit that they can't get rid of go proud yeah i mean they then they canned me they canned my assistant um and the board or the uh, president of the board left to go do something else he wanted to and we sort of knew that was happening anyway and then a new guy came in and um you know i had never talked to him a day in my life and um you know that he brought in a new executive director of acu and then fire and that person who had also never worked with um you know fired me and i had was the director of CPAC. And he said, I'm going to fix this. We're going to turn this into a well-oiled machine. And then after he got the victory of firing you, he went, this is kind of hard. Fuck it. They all, they're all gone. They all left. Yeah. <laughs> They've all been fired. The guy that replaced me is no longer there. Um, they had a board member volunteer to do it one year. This year, they didn't have anybody. And I bet CPAC was smaller and less profitable than it was the first year you started. Probably. I mean, you know, when CPAC started in the 70s, you know, it was like 200 people. 
Ronald Reagan was there when he was, I guess he wasn't the governor of California anymore, but, you know, he had bigger ambitions. Um, and, you know, one of the things that Reagan had told David Keene, who um, was the chairman of the board, was, you know, he didn't want CPAC to be outside the realm of the average person attending. And so that's why students could attend for like $25. And I even lowered it an early rate to $15. Great. Because I thought, how awesome is it to like give this media this shot of there's no way they can not get thousands of students in their shot. Bums spend that on vodka every single day. Yeah. You can get 15 bucks. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so now, you know, I think a student ticket is like $95. Oh, fuck. Um, there are like $1,000 and, you know, $2,000 tickets that you know, include like meals or who knows what. They don't include hotels. Um, you know, sponsorships now start a lot higher. The highest one I think is like 300,000. Jesus. I God. mean, they're going sort of this way of, um, you know, the, I guess the corporatization or whatever of everything where they think, well, rather than me spend my time on getting $5,000 from 150 people, let me try and just get 300,000 from 10 people, you know? Right, yeah. Well, that's the way a lot of these political organizations end up is they just end up courting a few billionaires, right and left. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you just need one George Soros and you're set for the next three years of events. Yeah. <laughs> you can always tell they always have the same signs. The signs always look the same. At yeah. these that's always a giveaway. <laughs> um, yeah, it's fascinating because the narrative, the, the takeaway from someone who's not curious and doesn't really care is... Con uh, gays try to join conservative movement, get pushed out mm -hmm. and told to leave. Yeah. And woman who tries to speak up for them is fired. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, vindictive lady whose husband turned out to be gay creates false war. Mm -hmm. uh, body count piles up based on nothing and kills the whole thing. Yeah. Seriously damages the whole institution. Yeah, I mean, I th you know... I mean, CPAC is still around, and they'll, they're still successful in that, you know, they get thousands of people to attend and, and all of that. But, um, you know, and I'm glad for their success because I certainly wouldn't want something I worked on for five years to be, like, a dismal failure. But, you know, it was hard, like, when I was looking for a job, if someone were to Google CPAC, it would be, like, director ousted for supporting gays. I oh, mean, really? Half of my family members think I'm gay and just because they don't understand why I stood up for them. You hate gays. <laughs> That's, That's the, the crazy thing. part here. You just like taking their money. <laughs> <laughs> well, and just out of spite, I joined Go Proud's board afterwards. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> I was the chairman of Go Proud's and board. And then they got shut down. You're and a curse. They, I know, Everywhere right? you work, it gets shut down. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I, when I left, they... they like petered on for a little while but then they shut down look i believe you're born gay uh i think it's insane to think of a couple two men that have lived together for 10 years and are gay mm -hmm. like Faye, and they have costume parties and they i have these friends upstate they have they took over this abandoned church and fixed it up nice and it's the gay church <laughs> uh and they love each other and they fuck and they have gays will have like sevensomes they think threesomes are for pussies. Uh, so it's a very unique lifestyle. And the thought of them going, I'm not going to do this anymore, and just getting a chick and just going. I mean, they don't even like tits. <laughs> I could understand if they don't like vaginas. That's like an acquired seafood kind of a thing. But a boob? 
How could you be anti? I had a guy here the other day, Galen, the aptly named Galen. He, I couldn't even get him to like a boob. And he said a bag is better than a boob. Can you believe that? A bag? A scrotum. Oh. He said it's more attractive than a boob. So obviously. That's, I don't even think that's true. Yeah, no one. I mean, an <laughs> alien, you bring a Martian in here right now and we could compare the two and he would go, that is not my cup of tea. They talk like robots. <laughs> um, so clearly it's impossible. Now, is it, you can still call it a sin to be gay. And the way I put it often to my wife, who's a fag hag and hates that, that I'm, I'm such a deist, um, I'm born an alcoholic. My dad was an alcoholic. All my uncles died of alcoholism. I'm drunk right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's who I am. It's a sin. Uh, I don't want to overdo it, but I have no intention of quitting, and it would be crazy for me to quit. So I'm just going to keep going with this sin. So the gays should just go, <laughs> I'm a sinner, born sinner. And it's, I would imagine, I've never fucked a dude, but I would imagine the sin kind of makes it more saucy. <laughs> <laughs> like we're bad. <laughs> Maybe we don't want to take it away from them. Well, you know, it's funny, like that's, you know, I don't, I, I really don't mean to bring it back to my book, but as I write in my book, um, I learned this trick from Ann Coulter. Um, like one of the dudes in my book is a preacher who was like adamantly against Go Proud and was, you know, sending dirty texts all the time to like to me. And then I found out to other girls. Dirty texts. Yeah. Like just texts or pictures? Um, t- Both, I guess. So you would get the dirty texts and you, you'd go, that makes me really, really horny because I love when preachers that I don't know that well. <laughs> and then you're like, but I can resist. And then he would send you a picture of his dick and you'd go, well, that I can't resist anymore. Yeah. Because women, guys, if you're out there, <laughs> women, especially if you don't know them very well, they cannot control themselves <laughs> when they see the, a picture of a penis just sitting there. Yeah. It drives them bananas. <laughs> That's why the, you'll see so many women just looking at coffee table books of just just cocks yeah Yeah. just dick dick they have little names for them like that's an elephant's trunk that they have charts they're always doing oil paintings watercolors of dicks well no so like in the grand scheme of things like what he was doing isn't that bad but it's pretty bad well no but i mean like he's not like having like premarital sex or whatever oh right sex outside of marriage so he's and he's allowed to do that i think he get he would probably get off on the fact that he is doing something so dirty oh i see you know what i mean yeah it's naughty yeah it's naughty well and like i have gay friends and one of them wants to get married the other one doesn't because he's just like that's so provincial to like get married yeah yeah bruce (laughs) LeBruce is like that he says we're weird I like being weird. Yeah. He sees being gay as, I don't want to put words in his mouth, and I don't want to put my dick in his mouth either. <laughs> uh, he sees being gay as like being punk rock. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want it to be, you know, subsumed by the mainstream. Yeah. And I think that's a valid argument. That's why I hated when Brendan Eich got fired from Mozilla. You don't know his motive mm-hmm. for donating to this supposedly anti-gay marriage group. I mean, they were pro-family is another way to put it. Uh, maybe he is gay and he has a Bruce LeBruce attitude. Maybe he hated donating, but it was his dad's last wish because his dad doesn't like gay marriage. He went, oh, fuck here. Yeah. It's none of your business. Yeah. That's the whole problem with thought policing. You you assume motives. Yeah. There's, I you know, I had never really thought about the marriage issue until um, I heard Ward Connerly, who is, I, 
think he's on the Board of Regents of California or something like that. But he said, you know, if you are against, um, you know, the homosexual act, why would you not want to encourage them to at least be try to be in monogamous relationships? Yes, great point. That's the irony of all this is, mm-hmm. okay, let's accept they're born gay. Here are people trying to be traditional, trying to get married, mm-hmm. and you're rejecting it. And this is, by the way, is an institution that we're not doing great with. I yeah. think we're still at a 50% <laughs> divorce rate. So yeah. it's to be sanctimonious about something that, you know, half of these conservatives are divorced. I mean, Rush Limbaugh, I, I love listening to his show. I think he's a genius, but his marriage record is not exactly stellar. And these yeah. gays want to give it a whirl. But I, I, there is something dubious about it. There is something that's fishy. Well, the thing is, is that I think that a, a lot of the people on the, like, gay left movement have sort of shown that they really don't care about marriage. Right. It's more about, um, you know, being like thought police, word police, yes. you know, whatever. And I think if we were having an honest discussion on marriage, then, I, I mean, I know like people our age and younger are already on that side. Um, I don't think that they would want to see that point because I think they would know then liberals would probably be done. Well, it's almost like the Palestinians again. They've just chosen this as a great fight to have, mm-hmm. and it ruins elections, and it, it takes over the conversation, so they're going to do that. Yeah. But their divorce rate is kept under wraps. Their mm-hmm. divorce rate is brutal, and we've, we can see this in Europe where, where it's been legal longer, but no one talks about the brutal gay divorce rate mm-hmm. because it, there's temptation everywhere. Like, it's easy for me to be monogamous because they're not exactly knocking down my door. Yeah, they but, also don't talk about domestic violence. I mean, what do you do oh, when yeah. two Especially dudes are fighting? Especially with lesbians. And yeah, two women are like, who's like, not equal, you know, who's the one in right. a better position? Well, the top. Yeah. <laughs> Although I think with the gays I know, I think the top bottom thing is changing where it's like, it's more look, fluid. you got it in the butt last time. I have to get it in the butt now. Yeah. I don't think anyone likes being a bottom. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, 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 it's someone and you're born gay, right? So if that now you're just are, you are who you are. Mm-hmm. And you grow up, and you, there, you think there'd be a, a tendency to be conservative, just like there's a tendency to be liberal. It's I think it's a genetic thing, your politics, to mm-hmm. the most part. And I do think that people who are entrepreneurs tend to hate tax, so they tend to go more libertarian. Gays got tons of money. It mm-hmm. seems like a natural flow for them to be uh, more right. But it's probably well, like I, 1%. A lot of them are. Well, I mean, if you talk to them, I mean... Like, I am constantly told that I am somehow different than all the other conservatives I know. Mm-hmm. That, like, oh, Lisa, you're cool. It's like the other crazy ones that are on TV, like, you know. Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, Tony Perkins, those types. But they've never watched him. That's the yeah. other thing. They've watched a clip <laughs> on Daily Show. Yeah. Bill O'Reilly said, let's give up on uh, fighting gay marriage. It's the, They won. We lost. It's not a big deal. Let's move on. Yeah. So did Rush Limbaugh. Mm-hmm. So they're both technically pro-gay marriage. Yeah. Rush Limbaugh were... had Elton John at his wedding. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton four years ago were totally against it. Yeah. Dick Cheney has been far ahead of the Clintons and the Obamas on gay marriage. Right. Is his daughter married? Yes. Huh. Lesbians seem to want to do it more than gays. Well, I mean, that's like Which the is old ironic because it's the opposite with sex. But it's the joke, like, what does a lesbian bring to a second date? A U-Haul. What does a, a gay guy bring to a second date? What second date? Since I was on the, the board of GoProud, I'm allowed to say all these jokes. Just like yeah. I'm allowed to say the F word. 
I want to just uh, have a, an affair with a man just for maybe one afternoon. It would be horrible. I wouldn't enjoy it. But then I could just make all the jokes I want. Yeah. Probably even racist jokes. Yeah, like Seinfeld, like that when he got, the guy becomes Jewish. Yeah. Just for the jokes. Yeah. <laughs> gays, can be, gays can be more racist than straights. They kind of have a ghetto-jail-free Well, and they everything. also, I mean, it's like a given that they're allowed to have very specific tastes. Whereas, like, a straight guy can't be like, I only like skinny girls with big boobs. Like, they're like, oh, you yeah. can't say that. But yeah, like, they have a word. Like, if Asian dudes like Asian dudes, which is rare, mm-hmm. they call it sticky rice. <laughs> really? I ha- actually have not. I've, I haven't heard of that one. Yellow I, fever heard, in the yeah, straight world is, is, you don't say that. I yeah. mean, that's No, they can insult. have really specific tastes, like bears and twinks and triples and all of that kind of stuff. But... Like, we can't be like, I'm really into, you know. Well, we can be ass man, leg man, yeah. blonde, brunette. <laughs> but that's more of like body parts. Like, you, like a white guy can't be like, well, I like Asians and black women. Yeah. Because no, then it's like, well, what's wrong with well, you? You think they're subservient? Like I remember John Mayer said, uh, I love black women. I think they're pretty, but I can't get it up for them. My dick is racist. And uh, I believe he quit Twitter after that. <laughs> Didn't go well for him. But the thing, the thing, just to play devil's advocate uh, on the gay marriage thing, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who are anti-gay marriage are calling the gays bluff mm-hmm. and saying, you're just doing this to antagonize me, and fuck you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let you antagonize me. It's, it's almost like uh, me saying my name is Lisa and using your driver's license. And you're like, that doesn't matter, it's stupid. But no, you're not me. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I am, I'm you. And you go, uh, if you wanna die on this hill, then fine, I'll die. It's, it's sort of like the transgendered with the bathroom. They don't really, it's not like they're sitting there in the men's bathroom crying themselves to sleep on the toilet. Mm-hmm. They're just like, this is a good place to showcase my rights. And a great example of this is in Bill McGowan's book, Coloring the News, when he talks about the gays wanting to join the Irish Day Parade. And, uh, is this AC going to be on the podcast? Just a little bit. But a little bit? You guys were hot. You can Turn it off. Hot like sexy? <laughs> Thank you. That was sweet. It's <laughs> the first uh, time I've heard yeah, that. Yeah, people can still hear what we're saying. I'd rather be have a hum than, than be hot. Um, and they pushed and pushed, and eventually bec- where they were allowed to have the rainbow flag at the Irish Day Parade. This was probably in uh, early 2000s. And after they got their victory, someone, a reporter said, I, 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 I'm surprised that you're so into this Irish thing. I, don't, I never saw so many gays so passionate about their Irish heritage, mm-hmm. which sounds racist, mm-hmm. right? And they go, oh, no, we're not. Mm-hmm. We just thought it was a good place to showcase our rights. Yeah. And, and I can see how that sort of backdrop probably hurt Go Proud and that a lot of people question their motives right. of being at CPAC. Um, but it wasn't to you know, make some sort of stance. It was because they are actual conservatives and they wanted to make it safe for other conservatives to come out. Um, but, you know, I, I, I definitely see the point because now we're not even talking about marriage. We're talking about like cakes and, you know, perform, you know, forcing churches to perform weddings and all of that kind of stuff. And I think that if you really just cared about marriage, then you would sort of stop at marriage because mm-hmm. you could get a majority of people there. But then now they're making to all this free speech stuff where, you know, it's sort of like, as you've talked about, like the tyranny of the minority, the vocal minority. Um, And so they've lost whatever goodwill they could have had just on marriage. Well, when your brand is fighting the KKK Mm -hmm. and there's no KKK, you have to invent them or you're out of business. Yeah. So they need, look, homophobia is fucking bullshit. It 
it, it exists in the most facile surface level. Fag bashing and all this stuff, yes, especially in the black community, it does exist. But as far as being a gay, it sucks in a small town because you're weird, but you are weird. Mm -hmm. It sucks being an albino in a small town. You have parts for reproducing that you're not using for reproducing. You put it in the butt instead of the vagina. I'm not saying that's wrong. God made you that way, but it is weird. It's like a vegetarian lion. <laughs> You've got these huge fangs and you're eating sweet peppers, okay? But, I mean, I didn't get laid till I was 17. I just stared at girls and wished I could get a piece of that. So you can stare at guys and wish you could have a piece of that. Then you move out at 18, so it's like a bad year. Mm -hmm. if you, and it's just for the small towners. Then you go to the city and you're a fucking god. Yeah. Like, gays are rich. <laughs> you might as well complain about being Asian. You look at the fucking numbers, you guys make more than any other race, including whites. Mm -hmm. So, you know, gays got uh, dominate fashion, huge in media, film. Uh, and I, it's a good thing. I mean, the problem with being in media when you're a straight male is you got to be at home with the kids. Gays can party all night long, <laughs> go to every event, cover Fashion Week. We need you guys. So... That's a problem because mm -hmm. there's not enough homophobia to justify these groups. <laughs> so they go, uh, I wish I had, could find a business where they go, get out of here, faggot. And well, then yeah. they go, well, I got, I got something. This woman thinks it's against her religion to celebrate our gay mm -hmm. celebration, which goes against. Well, they learn from the race baiters. Like, exactly. if you can't find it, you got to make it up. Right. And that's what, I mean, half of the things that you hear are hoaxes now. Like, anytime there's, like, something drawn on a campus wall or door or whatever. Right, or go home faggots. Like, even in that, you know that AIDS movie with Matthew McConaughey? Oh, the, the Libertarian Dallas Buyers Club? The Libertarian Dallas <laughs> Buyers Club. There's a scene in it where his trailer, someone wrote AIDS blood. Mm -hmm. I tried to research this. Uh, I call bullshit on that. Mm-hmm. If you're a redneck homophobe, you do things like slash tires or throw a brick. You don't get red paint mm -hmm. and write an insult and let it drip. That's an artistic thing. It's aesthetically <laughs> dramatic. Mm -hmm. It's the kind of thing a gay, a woman, or an artist would do. Yeah. And they, we had those lesbians. I can't remember where it was, but they had written like dykes go home or something mm -hmm. on their garage and you look at it and it's a beautiful font and it's striking and it's got some real edge and the dripping is intense it's clearly a hoax yeah i mean they're all hoaxes now because they they really can't find it i mean if you thought if something really existed you would be able to find it i mean just like now i mean you can easily find um you know people trying to keep conservatives from speaking on a college campus. Oh, yeah. Like, we don't have to make it up. There are people trying to stop people from drawing cartoons. Oh, try to try to have an Israeli do a talk at yeah. a school about Israel. Or how about Israel. the girl that was just trying to join, like, student council, and they were like, well, do you think that being Jewish will affect you oh, know, your yeah, decision-making? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's amazing. Um, there's so much I want to talk about with you that I keep getting sidetracked, and I'm also getting drunk. Um the, it's funny how the narrative has gone so far to the left that the center, what's considered normal, as, as Charles Johnson was saying the other day, is way the fuck out there. Like we had that black professor saying the problem is white masculinity in this country, in, on college. Mm -hmm. not, why doesn't more people identify white males are the problem? And she said every MLK week, I think she thinks MLK Day is, takes seven days. I guess it's like Iceland where the sun doesn't go down. <laughs> I try to not buy at white-owned businesses, and it's impossible. And it was just anti-white, anti-white. So she 
she got a, a slap on the wrist, but kept her job. And I'm thinking about male professors, uh, what they could get fired for. Like if he had said women are getting on my nerves this week, or if he said something like, have you noticed five days a month, uh, Hillary's hard to talk to or any, <laughs> any minor allusion to sexism and he would have been gone. Yeah. It's this strange double standard where the narrative. Well, remember the, what was he the president of Harvard at the time? The guy, Larry who, Summers. Yeah. Larry, Larry Summers who said something like it was basically he, like he, men and women think differently. He posed an interrogative and yeah. he said, is it possible question mark that, um, women don't have a natural proclivity for maths and science the way men do. Mm -hmm. And a woman in the audience had a seizure. Like she said, I had to crawl out of there because I was going to faint. She had a, a physical breakdown. <laughs> that was 2005 before well, things got Way to really go bad. on that argument that we're not delicate flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was uh, an assistant professor too. I'm not even sure she was a student. But it's, it's just like... A, there was a guy in Canada recently and someone did fuck her right in the pussy when the female newscaster was talking. And so she starts interviewing guys around, which is kind of a cool thing to do, actually, to sort of say, I've had enough of this. Mm -hmm. So I, I admire her for that, trying to get to the bottom of it. And people are going, shut up. Are we having this conversation? And basically the point of fuck her right in the pussy is like Baba Booey. Mm -hmm. It's Beavis and Butthead humor. It's stupid. It's juvenile if you really want to get into the science of it, it's like mocking the news and mm -hmm. taking shit seriously. Uh, it's being irreverent to, it's saying I don't revere these news people the way they revere themselves. It's like the movie Anchorman, really. Mm -hmm. It's mocking these people. And some guy goes, oh, relax. It's just fun. We did, they did it in Britain. It's a meme. And she goes, I know, but I'm sick of it. I'm a female reporter. And he goes, you're lucky there wasn't a dildo around. They did that in England. They <laughs> waved a dildo around. And he hadn't said fucker right in the pussy. He was just defending a very popular what do you call it, joke, meme, mm -hmm. quip, and he lost his job uh, because the company believes in equality. This is Hydro One, Ontario's Con Ed. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a few days later, we discover this MTA employee, uh, the Toronto MTA, transit workers, whatever they're called, and he was talking about kill all Israel. All Israel will die. We will, we will jihad will go there and murder the Jews. Kind of crap. And he's wearing his fucking uniform <laughs> as he says this. And there's no backlash. Yeah. And now he's a professor. <laughs> <laughs> it's got, just a shocking a... double standard where they have to create the KKK guys from scratch, bake them like a cake. Meanwhile, you can say the worst shit imaginable about white males or conservatives or anyone, and it's free speech. Yeah, well, you know, I think a lot of them... Um I mean, first of all, you have like the 60s wannabe hippies running the colleges and they're yep. probably telling their students, you know, all of these, you know, fairy tales about how they fought against this or that and marched in the streets. And then you have these millennials that come along and think that the only way their college experience can be authentic is if they protest something stupid. Right. It's cool. Yeah. And that's you know, like the only way that you're even doing anything, like regardless of whether or not you'll be able to get a job once you graduate. You know, unless you're like making noise on campus, you know, you're not being authentic. Right. Well, it's I blame the Freedom Riders because they were cool and they got beat up and they had suits on and they're holding a bloody bandage with their suit on and it looks awesome. But you can't just declare yourself a Freedom Rider when there's no segregated cafes anymore. Yeah. Like we're at the point now, the new Freedom Riders go to brunches and yell at Manhattanites having brunch. And you'll never find a more liberal 
pro-black group of pussies than white Manhattan brunchers. Well, you know what's so great? It's like when they were protesting in the 60s, they would carry the signs that say, I am a man. And now that sign would be banned. Like you cannot be that, you know, cisgender normative or whatever. Well, I, I honestly believe that these characters are doing, often the black power thing is, and this is controversial, so hold on to your hats, is a white construct mm-hmm. that we created. So it's almost like a Sambo dance. Like, um, have you ever noticed that if you have, Adia Richards is that woman who got that guy fired for Donglegate. Do you remember Donglegate? So it's a tech conference. This guy says, um, this guy says, oh yeah, big dongle, huh? Whispers to his friend. And then he makes some joke about, uh, I want to spear your grab or there's some sort of, they're using tech jargon in sexual ways, but one was a penis joke. And then the other was, I want to spear that guy's grab or whatever the fuck it was. That's a gay joke. Like I want to fuck him, Mm -hmm. but it was, I want to borrow his code. So these guys are whispering that she eavesdrops tweets that it's uh, offensive. She's the only woman there at this tech conference and guys are making sexist jokes. No, they're not. Uh, And he lost his job. So she, they, 4chan group fought back, got her fired, and she's more militant than ever. And her whole thing, even to this day, is that it's about the white male patriarchy and white men are evil. Now this woman is half black. She grew up with her white mom who was Jewish and had the shit kicked out of her regularly by her black husband, boyfriend, I don't know what he was, he eventually smashed her face in with a hammer, knocked out all her teeth, and then disappeared. And this woman's takeaway from all this is white males are the problem. And I think it's because in college, everyone wants a black friend, but what's cooler than a fucking militant Malcolm X black friend? (laughs) That's the ultimate feather in your cap. (laughs) You know, you're really down. So I think, I personally believe that, that and I've seen this time and time again, that these people, these black women who didn't grow up black, like Melissa Harris Perry, mm-hmm. you know, Mariah Carey's always at the BET Awards. She's never had a black dad. Mm-hmm. Mer- uh, Alicia Keys, was, her black dad wasn't around. She's missed black, pa- black culture, black awards. Mm-hmm. I think that these militant black women are doing it because it impresses their white friends to have them. So it's almost like a shoeshine blackface sambo dance. Yeah, you know, Aunt Coulter wrote a column a, a couple years ago about when Holly Berry won the Oscar and how she was saying how meaningful it was for people like me and, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, it's so oh, hard you mean for a gorgeous people. woman? Yeah, with, yeah with, with nice boobs and, you know, nice uh, slim nose and... <laughs> you know, Anglo-Saxon figure who's like a, you know, like Coco. And, you know, Anne was saying it must be so confusing to the audience that while she's giving her speech, they keep panning over to this old white lady. And Right, yeah. <laughs> you and know, her it's white her boyfriend, yeah. Yeah, and it's her mother. And, you know, I think that people so much want to be different and then that sort of makes up for not having a personality. Right, it becomes a currency in a way. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I make jokes about being Italian. I'm not full Italian. I'm half Italian, half Irish. But, you know, my la- I identify as Italian because of my last name. And <laughs> <laughs> I identify as Italian, even though I'm from the South. Um, and, you know, I think people just 
cultivate these sort of quirks. Yeah, we do it as Canadians. Them... We're especially guilty of it be- yeah. because in Canada, you're it's such a new country. You don't feel like you have a culture. Mm-hmm. So you'll go back, find out that your grandfather was Irish. Next thing you know, a fucking ukulele's on the wall and a big Irish flag, and you're trying to learn Gaelic. And you know, whenever there's a soccer, a World Cup in Canada, there's no Canadian flags for miles. Everyone is do- waving their great grandfather's flag mm-hmm. because they they want to have culture. They want to. But in America, they are obsessed with multiculturalism and culture, but they don't actually like it. They don't mm-hmm. go anywhere. Yeah. They, can't, they don't understand my dad when he speaks Scottish. They don't know <laughs> that, you know, the Turks want to be part of the EU, but no one likes them. They don't know the beef between, you know, Portugal and, uh, and Spain. They don't know that there's, there's Spanish separatists. They don't, they talk about, uh, Bill Maher was on the other day talking about, uh, look, uh, we still love America, but we'd rather vacation in Paris than in Branson, Missouri. Oh, okay, you love Paris? Uh, what's your favorite streets? Do you, do you like, uh, have you noticed the cops have become pussies with these rollerblades? They used to beat the shit out of punks in the 80s. No, it's all fake. It's all mm-hmm. a ruse. Yeah. It's a giant <laughs> affectation. Well, and people aren't even vacationing in Branson anyway. I mean, it, it's all sort. No one's yeah, vacationing Walmart's in Branson never or been Paris. To either of those places. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> I think two-thirds of Americans don't even have a passport. But I, I was, I just, I, I saw this movie a long time ago. It was a Western, support your local sheriff. And there's this brassy broad in it who comes out and she goes, I have had enough of this. You listen to me. And the judge goes, order in the court. Get out, get her out. And she goes, get your hands off me, you bum. Look, <laughs> we need to get more rights and more duty doos And I realized this role was written by a man. And the whole concept of this rabid feminist is a male construct. Mm-hmm. And they, just like this Aida Richards woman being a militant black because white people want her to, I think a lot of these militant feminists are just aping what we wrote for them. Like if you watch the movie uh, Hero 6, these stupid dumb men are driving, <laughs> da, 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 and they're getting chased. And the little cool chick goes, get out of here, and elbows him <laughs> out of the way. And then she starts totally rocking the car and... Mm-hmm driving super awesome like that was written by a man drawn by a man this kick-ass chick women aren't good in Mm -hmm. police chases (laughs) Uh, we created this kick-ass like the movie Mm kick-ass we create these fake characters well and i'm glad actually i'm really glad you brought that up because one of my biggest pet peeves right now is conservatives playing the victims when it comes to things like chivalry like they'll be like well i don't hold open doors anymore because one time a feminist told me i can hold hold open my own door and i'm like that probably never happened (laughs) and it's just an excuse like i don't like seating to this you know fake group of people that they're normal you're they're not the normal ones we're the normal ones we're the normal girls for wanting doors held held open right for you know wanting drinks paid that's why we get 72 cents on the dollar because we want free drinks and (laughs) (laughs) and i don't like conservatives acting like you know now they're all of a sudden the minority and i wrote a post about this on breitbart and the amount of vitriol from the conservative men about how women aren't like this anymore and you know women don't even deserve that and i mean i just don't understand the normalizing of the feminist behavior because they're not in the majority and i think a lot of men are just using it not a lot of men the men that post on breitbart (laughs) are just using it as a way to you know dissociate from manners because that's all real it really is is manners you hold up if there was a guy behind me carrying a box i would hold the door open for him right well you bring up an interesting point 
are you allowed to complain if you're still winning? And there's definitely a war on masculinity in this country. It, there's definitely a, a war on white males. Mm -hmm. it, they, they suck. Both things suck. We need more women in the FDNY, even if that means letting them in when they haven't performed the physical um, requirements. So that's clear. But the left and uh, even black friends of mine will say, oh, poor white man, it must be so hard. Your life's so tough. And I don't really know the answer, but are you allowed to say there's a war on you when you're winning? Like with the war on Christmas, clearly Christmas is doing fine. Mm -hmm. And it is still a very powerful tradition that takes up all of America, including a lot of Jewish households mm -hmm. are having Santa come down and having, especially in California. And um, blacks, they've, they've started not celebrating their Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa died on the vine. And, yeah, and instead celebrate our Christmas. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they just make Santa black. Um, but there is a war on Christmas. And in New York, it is audacious to send a Merry Christmas card. Mm -hmm. All my, like my lawyers and all my business sort of cards are that time of year, they all say season's greetings. But and all the storefronts. But you're in New York. Right, You're not like normal America. Right. So, well, that's the, that's the that's the million dollar question. Mm -hmm. Are you allowed to complain if it's not really putting you out? Well, I think to me, there's sort of a difference between complaining that something exists and then acting like they're the normal ones, and that's right, yeah. what I think the difference is in the the chivalry thing, acting like you're in the minority because you want to say Merry Christmas, or you're in the minority because you hold open a door. You're not in the minority. You can still complain that there are some people that aren't into that, but don't make yourself into a victim. And that's like, that's a political thing. Everybody wants to make themselves into a victim, whether they're conservative, liberal, you know, whatever. Um, I've never gotten into this, you know, someone attacked me on Twitter, let me retweet it and get all my followers to, right, you know, yeah. go after them. Like, I just don't get that mentality of being the victim, especially, I hate to say it with conservative women, that, you know, and they are victims by, you I think you know, Ann Coulter sees Michelle Malkin this way. I, I would agree with that. I mean, one of the lessons I learned from Ann is you never repeat the the horrible things people say about you. Like, why would you want to give well, them more air? Well, if Michelle and Ann did, they'd have to rent out the Library <laughs> of Congress. I mean. Well, so there, I think there are two types of conservative women. There's Ann Coulter and the people that want to be like Ann Coulter. And when they look at Ann Coulter, they don't see lawyer who wrote several successful books and practiced law for several years and then eventually went on TV. They see person who says outrageous things and is famous, so therefore I'm going to say outrageous things and become famous. Yeah. It's confusing. Well, the, the thing about uh, the left is I hate the way that their narrative seems to be based on just a concept that's floating in the sky, whereas the right seems to be about reality mm -hmm. and what's the here and now. And we just had this today with Hannity. I'm going to go there in a few hours. There was gang rapes going on on the beach, okay? And it was the same rape culture that the left was talking about. It was rape culture. You would get raped and... People would just walk by, but watch a passed out chick on Oxy getting fucked. There was one story two years ago. We couldn't talk about this on the show because it's too disgusting. But this woman is sitting there on a pile of chairs and guys, she's passed out. And guys are just coming up and fingering her anus and her vagina the way you would, I don't know, a, a sculpture. And then getting bored and walking off. And she's just semi-conscious with her top on and nothing else. And, and 
it all starts with beer, but then it gets a little crazier and gets into oxy, which is fucking heroin. Mm-hmm. And the problem with heroin is these girls get raped and they wake up and they don't think it was a big deal and they don't press charges. The sheriff was going, I'm not getting the fucking charges I want. Mm-hmm. So Hannity makes <laughs> it big. And now there's no drinking on the beach. Now, I'm all for drinking on the beach. But in this case, that one little tweak is going to change the party culture there. It had become all gangsters who weren't even students, mm-hmm. thugs, flying in, driving in, and taking advantage of these girls. It was, a pu- it was a fucking rape festival. So that one little tweak is going to change it. And I, just off the top of my head, I'm going to say he prevented 37 rapes. Mm-hmm. Now, you contrast that with Mattress Girl, who was not raped... She was having sex with a man in the butt. She courted him after. He wasn't interested. Mm -hmm. So she made that into anal rape. Yeah. And then we have the UVA hoax where these gorgeous blonde rich men, preppies with letters on their cardigans, raped her in a pile of broken glass. What? (laughs) And that was exposed as a lie. I know I'm really droning on here, but... The left's version is a made-up fake thing that trivializes rape and leads to more rapes because now people are going to take rape less seriously. Mm-hmm. Whereas the conservative white male patriarchy just stopped 37 rapes. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I am from Tallahassee, Florida, so I would go to Panama City every almost every spring break. Like from, I mean, sometimes with my parents, like junior high on, let's say. And it is, I mean, I do not recognize any of like the news coverage like that was not happening in Panama City like yeah people were drinking well the news coverage couldn't show you there was a throng of 10,000 people size of a football field Mm -hmm. 10,000 people shoulder to shoulder cameras couldn't get in there cops couldn't get in there that's so they had to keep loop looping that gratuitous footage (laughs) because they could only get on the edge yeah no what I mean is like it was sort of like the PG rated Mm. of what it is now now it's R rated like actually being there or whatever's after R 17 plus or i don't know (laughs) nc17 right right. that's what we kept screaming though we kept saying no 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 no. we're not against partying this Mm -hmm. isn't about spring break it's about the past three years coincidentally since lil wayne played there i don't know what (laughs) happened uh we can't blame it on him he's in jail now well it's yeah (laughs) it's it's uh a really bad environment in a a state that is being strangled by oxycontin right now Mm -hmm. so it's a heroin problem and it's a, a gangster problem but we kept saying it's just the past three years and then you have these comedians like John Stewart he wants to play haha at you because to him politics is just sports and it's mm-hmm. you farted no I didn't haha I'm glue you're rubber and so they just said they re-edited it and said it was just about uh, Sean Hannity being anti-partying mm-hmm. now Hannity sent a crew there they stayed there they sh- uh, Ainsley Earhart, whatever her name is, uh, did ride-alongs with the cops. She saw 40 arrests. Mm -hmm. She knows what she's talking about. Jon Stewart hasn't gone there. He's just getting what he gets from his version of Hannity. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying in a very long-winded way that the left has this sort of Stalinist, for the greater good, bullshit, made-up story, whereas libertarians, paleo-conservatives, neocons have boots on the ground. Well, and also goes back to the earlier point about like hoaxes versus like right. real instances of of sexism and racism. I mean, you know, here's a real instance of someone being raped, just like there was a real instance of a Jewish girl being targeted and saying, you know, you can't speak on campus or speak on the student council, whereas they're making all their stuff up to sort of like 
outdo us on the real stuff. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> hands up, don't shoot, took off. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised. It, it's unequivocally false that Mike Brown had his hands up. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if you pulled the black community. I, I'm just guessing here, but I would guess more than half still firmly believe the hands up, don't shoot narrative. Yeah. And the thing is, is there are better stories of police brutality exactly. that they could use if yeah. they really wanted to do that against blacks. Not even, right. you know. There's bona fide racism out yeah. there. But I think the problem with a lot of it is it ends up being prosecuted and it's not as sexy. Like Justin mm-hmm. Volpe, who stuck the broom up Abner Louima's ass, the pl- toilet plunger, mm-hmm. he's in jail now, 30 years in prison. Boring. Yeah, that doesn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and just, I think, you know, they have, like, the person, you know, the what did they call him, Big Mike? That he was sort of like a kid or whatever. They have that angle. That whole narrative. There was a, a yeah. fucking white dude defending his neighborhood in Ferguson. Mm-hmm. He was bludgeoned to death with hammers by blacks. And that story was pure hate crime, but no one went near it. And they, you know, he was originally Serbian. So they just said it's nothing to do with race. He was Serbian. They had no way of knowing he was Serbian. So the story is just like weird immigrant gets in brawl during mm-hmm. riot and dies. And it's just amazing the stranglehold they have on this narrative. And you know what it might be? It might just fucking be the free market. Because I'll be honest, when I'm watching the news, I don't want to see a white man has been killed for being white with hammers when I'm eating my dinner. Like, we can't handle the truth. Mm -hmm. Maybe this narrative is doing so well because it's more palatable. Yeah. Bring back the B-roll of the spring break. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Lisa, um, I would like to plug this wonderful shirt you had made that features my four favorite people in the world. Greg Gutfeld, Ann Coulter, Clint Eastwood, and Gavin McInnes as the Ramones. And uh, why did you have this made? I wrote an article for Breitbart called Political Punks, and I thought these are the four people that I think represent punks in the political world. And that is that they're sort of against the left culture, and also sort of against the right political culture. Yeah. And I think you're a big part of that. And I also am a big part of capitalism and I sell the shirts. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just interesting how uh, we've got we're one minute over now, but it's interesting how rebellion has become so uncool. I mean, in school now, if you talk badly about the president, you're a racist and that's not done. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? How did we get here? You like being ruled? Yeah. No, these are, they're all apple polishers. Like, you have to be an apple polisher. Like, that's being cool now. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, kids, if you want to be rebellious, don't be liberal. Uh, (laughs) I would like to thank Lisa de Pasquale. I've been reading your emails as de Pascal all this time, so it's hard. (laughs) Pascal is a common Quebec name. Mm. Uh, Thank you very much for coming. You're going to be on Kennedy and Red Eye tonight? Yep. And then you're leaving tomorrow. You live in D.C., is that it? Yep. Cool. Thank you for coming. It was a joy and a pleasure. Goodbye, world.